Sorry I'm late. Good morning. Rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. I finally made it. Hey, listen, I'm allowed to be a little bit late. I had to prepare the bear. Is the bear? Oh, it's over there. I'll explain it to you here in just a moment. But first, let's go ahead and get started. We got a lot to talk about today. A MAGA holy war to be declared against Taylor Swift? What? Yeah, apparently Donald Trump MAGA people are claiming Taylor Swift is the devil. Yes, she's the devil. The devil! Could it be Satan? We're going to talk about that a little bit today. The MAGA holy war against Taylor Swift if she endorses Joe Biden. Joe Biden is he's in hot water with progressives. He's not just underwater in the polls, especially in key battleground states that he won in the last election that are now oh, heading to the border. <laughs> They're heading south of the border. The illegal immigrants are heading north of the border. Progressives say, okay, Joe Biden, mm, he thinks it's not so good for his election. He's flip-flopped over the years on the immigration issue. I've got a nice little supercut mashup of him and Barack Obama and others who are, you know, a little wishy-washy when it comes to the issue of immigration. It's gonna be a good show today. You know you're gonna like it. Urs Mommy, thank you for the donation today. We've already begun the process to release the bear. The bear, the bear, the bear is prepared. Yes, what is the bear? Okay, well, if you missed the show yesterday, we started a new segment where I have created additional bonus content for you all. Yesterday was to release the eagle. And as you all saw, it was a really awesome little educational history video about how the American bald eagle became our national symbol. Today is the bear. So in order to play the game and unlock the new bonus content, we have to raise at least $50 in Rumble Rants by the end of the show. And if we do, then you will release the bear. And every single day will be a fresh piece of content. And if we do not unlock that content during that show, that day's show, it goes away forever. We never get to see it and you will miss the bear. Yes, so don't miss the bear. Make sure you drop some Rumble Rants today. We're going to have John Miltimore on the show today because we missed him on Monday. I was out of the office, out of the studio. And let me tell you, I am still buried in work trying to catch up. But John Miltimore is going to catch us up at 7.30 a.m. today to talk about a new plagiarism scandal that's rocking Harvard University. Yes, not content with taking down the president, Claudine Gay, another top administrator over at Harvard, is in trouble for eh, plagiarism. <laughs> I see it as the ultimate white pill. Why? Well, you'll have to wait. I'll explain a little bit later when I talk to John Miltimore, the editor-at-large of the Foundation for Economic Education. Aren't you excited? Aren't you excited, children? She wears your shirts. Kim McCurry says, no, please do not mention her name. She's everywhere. Don't let her be here, too. She must be here, too. Don't cry like a little baby. <laughs> little Taylor Swift talk ain't gonna hurt anybody today. And if there's a holy war uh, by MAGA and Taylor Swift, I'm sorry, but that's news. <laughs> that's right. We appreciate all of our listeners tuning in today. Don't forget to click that like button and subscribe to the channel if it's your first time joining the Wake Up America show. Do you know what the so show schedule is 
I know many of you do, but for those who are new, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time is the way to play. Just join us here every morning, Monday through Friday, for two hours to get edumacated on what's going on. You know you want to hear about the MAGA holy war between Taylor Swift and, the, and Jack the Soviets. What do you mean? No, shh. We're going to tell you, you're going to hear about it anyway. But then at 8 o'clock a.m., since it's Wednesday, you know it's going to be big brain time with Judge Napolitano. Big brain. Yes, big old brain. We're going to hear from Judge Napolitano at 8 a.m. Central Time. He's going to talk to us a little bit about that Supreme Court case. You know the one that was Missouri versus Biden? It's morphed into a new one. It's the one where uh, the conservatives and libertarians were all being suppressed and spied on by our government and using social media to bullying them to force us into oblivion so that people like me weren't able to get my message broadcast to people like you. Yeah, well, that's headed to the Supreme Court. We're going to hear from Judge Napolitano on that. He's going to give us his take, and maybe we'll ask him a little question or two from you. You can send us a text at 573-319-1586. The text lines are always open at 573-319-1586. Good morning to Melmac77777. Nice to see you again, brother. It's been a little while. We appreciate you. We appreciate you very much. We appreciate you all very much. I see people are asking questions about how to release the beast. Uh, yeah, I hope Stephanie, my lovely wife, is there in the chat, and she will explain to you how you can unlock the bonus content for today. So uh, let's go on. Okay, so uh, should we start with the Holy War? Do you want to get the Taylor Swift stuff out of the way? You want to just get to it? Okay, we will. We will. I know. Sorry, Kim. Uh, Trump believes it won't matter if Taylor Swift endorses Biden because he is more popular than Megastar. <laughs> uh, whether it's true or not doesn't matter. It's still funny. As MAGA Machine declares a preemptive, quote, holy war on the star in case she backs the Democratic president. Oh, God. I don't know about that. More popular. I mean, here's the thing. When you talk about popularity, you can be pop. You can be famous and you can be infamous. Do more people know Donald Trump's name than Taylor Swift? Probably. Yes. But do more people like Taylor Swift than Donald Trump? No, um, God. No, God, please. I no. don't know. No. All I know is that I see Tim Poole out there this morning on Twitter telling Jack Posobiec that he needs to back off and not start a holy war with Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is believed to be being courted by Biden, you know, and to come out and to endorse him as she did in 2020. I, hey, stop it. Listen, I'm just giving you the news. Don't shoot the messenger here, right? Donald Trump has told aides, according to Rolling Stone, that her support is irrelevant as he is more popular than she is. <laughs> oh, my God. So Trump has also reportedly been telling his entourage that it made no sense when she was named Times Person of the Year as it should have How been him. How dare you? <laughs> Good God, I want, to, I want to laugh so much, but I have to do a show. Donald Trump says that it doesn't matter if Taylor Swift endorses Biden because he is more popular than she is. Uh, Swift's political clout is highly sought after by all sides because you know, for years she had remained avowedly neutral but then in 2020, she came out and there was this crying video of her where she's talking to her dad. She's like, 
Dad, I don't know. I can't remain neutral. I can't stay on the sidelines when things are happening that are bad in the world and I've got to weigh in. So, of course, then the video, the picture came out of her with the Joe Biden Harris 2020 cookies. And as you all know, we lost that election. Yeah, we, it was not good. It, you know, and it, thus subsequently, we received four America years of this. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him. We've been as we've been as with Futa ever since. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. We were all tired the next morning. Uh, another piece in Business Insider, written by Madison Hall, with the headline, Donald Trump will not win a war against the Swifties, has me dotting my head. Trump's allies have begun attacking pop star Taylor Swift in recent wing, weeks. They say if Trump decides to personally criticize her, he's in a world for trouble. Swift's U.S. adult fan base is larger than the 2020 presidential vote count and is unafraid to How go low. You? Um, not excited about this. I think this is a very bad idea. I even saw Phil Labonte, the, you know, the, uh, we remain singer. He is on Tim cast all the time. Phil's a good guy. Uh, he's even out there saying this is a really dumb idea for Republicans to spark the holy war against Taylor Swift. But you know what? Here they are. The war has begun. As you can see, Patriot for Trump over on Twitter says, Hey, all you mamas out there that think Taylor Swift is just a sweet role model for your kids, maybe look again. Oh, God! She's in her 30s. Oh, God, that's satanic. Uh, and luring young kids to her concerts, then performs a satanic concert for them. Taylor Swift, Satan's Pied Piper, beware. <laughs> As you can see here, I got to turn that off because obviously they're going to get me on a copyright strike here. But look, you can see, you can tell right here from, look at that. See that? Very demonic, right? So she's in the center of all the lights and she's wearing a black and red dress. Okay, there you can see the candles that are red that are coming up on the screen. And then she's got this very satanic sort of stance that she takes, right? As the Bible has foretold. Oh, look at that. She touches her hips a little bit in a sort of lusty way that no 30-year-old woman who is of Christ would ever do. She's got the glossy legs there on one side, and I'm pretty sure that this is the official uniform of hell. As you can see, one leg completely uncovered, barely there, but oh, then suddenly she's an angel, right? And then, you know, the greatest trick that the devil ever taught us was that he didn't exist. So then she's like, Oh, but then I'm an angel, right? So she goes from devil to angel. It's good cop, bad cop, as you can see. And as Patriot for Trump, a mama for Trump has correctly identified, uh, she is in her 30s and luring young kids, right? So in your 30s, not married. Uh, that's satanic, isn't it? Uh, Melmax77777 says they just need to stop that dumb shit. <laughs> Will Run Riot says the GOP needs to stop picking fights with pop stars. Probably a good idea. Doesn't mean they're going There's to listen. There's a lot of really weird, lonely, insecure men out there. Um, the fact That's that a true. pop star, the world's <laughs> biggest pop star, is dating a star tight end who had one of his greatest games ever, and a network puts them on the air briefly, that it bothers you. What does that say about your life? 
Judge people sometimes on the silly stuff that bothers them. It'll tell you a lot about them. When I hear this whole thing about Taylor Swift, I just want to watch football. Liar. You're lying. That's not true. A football telecast is not just football. In fact, the commercials for four hours before the Super Bowl will be widely watched. Did you know statistically in a three-and-a-half-hour NFL playoff broadcast or regular season broadcast, just 18 minutes are actual football? And yes. we have the data. We have the numbers. You don't turn away. Another reason I don't watch it because there's really not a lot going on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there's coaches cutaways. They show fans in Buffalo on fire. Uh, commercials, reviews, 18 minutes of real wow. football. That's For the it. record about the length of five Taylor Swift songs. Listen to this. The New York <laughs> Times measured how long she was actually on the broadcast. Let's hear it. Do you know how long it is on average? How long? 25 seconds in three and a half hours. Yes. Against the Ravens, it was up to a whopping 32 seconds. It was 14 Chiefs and Raiders on Christmas, 12 Chiefs and Bengals, uh, 24 seconds, Buffalo, Kansas City. She was on for a minute against the Dolphins, but it was an absolutely awful broadcast. They should have had a concert in the middle of it. That would have been more interesting. Okay. <laughs> so why are people so triggered? Well, she did vote for Joe Biden and encourage people to do so in 2020, which is, of course, haram. Call the cops. No, not those cops. Uh, but I don't understand. I mean, listen, I'm not a football guy. I don't watch football. I don't watch any of the major sports, unless you consider UFC to be a major sport, which I don't. I prefer to watch the fighting sports, right? The blood sports. To me, football, baseball, all these other games are really just a, a softened up way of fighting, right? Which is, I'd just rather just watch fighting. A little bit of boxing, and I'm good. But why are people so triggered by this during the football games? It's, again, 12 to 20 to 25 seconds. This is one of the greatest things to happen to football right now because you've actually got people who have never watched it before tuning in getting interested is it just you don't like young screaming girls right you just don't like the fan base right you don't like taylor swift because i i'm not buying the whole taylor swift really is satan satan thing right like obviously that's just a bunch of maga boomer dumb you know dumb assery uh but i would be curious what why is it that people do you think that people are so triggered by this uh, and I highly advise all my MAGA friends, uh, and I will be voting for Donald Trump this fall, just FYI, not to pick a holy war with Swifties who we could actually use on our side. This is an opportunity to get them on your side, right? They are coming to you, right? MAGA boomers who love football, they want to come and hang out with you. Stop being a crotchety get off of my lawn and start looking at the uh, crotchety get on my lawn. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Welcome to the Wake Up America show. <laughs> Love to hear your thoughts on what's going on in the world. You can send me a text at 573-319-1586. Horatius148 says, The sports leagues chose the side of BLM, who hates white people, yet whites still watch it. Very true, Horatius. Look a reason not to watch it. Joe Biden facing ire from progressives over his bipartisan border security deal that's emerging in the Senate, and they're starting to rage against it more loudly. 
It's not the only area where the left is fuming at Biden. Uh, its handling of the uh, the Israel-Hamas war has also sparked public protests by progressive activists for months. But once the border deal truly sees the light of day, however, liberal anger is likely to boil over. But Joe Biden hasn't always been a lefty on immigration. And matter of fact, he's been all over the every side of that issue in days of yore. No great nation can be in a position where they can't control their borders. It matters how you control your borders, not just for immigration, but it matters for drugs, terror, a whole range of other things. When I took office, I committed to fixing this broken immigration system. And I began by doing what I could to secure our borders. Even as we are a nation of immigrants, we're also a nation of laws. Undocumented workers broke our immigration laws. And I believe that they must be held accountable, especially those who may be dangerous. If you're a criminal, you'll be deported. If you plan to enter the U.S. illegally, your chances of getting caught and sent back just went up. All Americans. It's interesting because you can kind of see Barack Obama blinking there a little bit at the end of that statement. I'll back it up just for just a moment so you can see what I'm talking about. You can sense the hesitance in what he's saying and what he truly believes. This is a politician's tell. Watch this. Back, just went up. Watch his eyes. See that little blink there? That little, that little right? That, that, that is a sign of a guilty conscience. One more time. Let's back this up. Zoom in right there on the eyes and watch that little blinker at the very end right there that betrays a hint of a different thought. All Americans. Not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. Oh, really, Bill? The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace. Not fair to Americans. So you have to hold <laughs> employers <laughs> Mm, we've got a lot of great show for you today. Coming up here in just a couple minutes, we're going to hear from John Miltimore, the editor at large at the Foundation for Economic Education, about the new cheating or plagiarism scandal that's embroiled uh, at Harvard U. But don't forget, if you want to release the bear, we've got a bonus content piece for you today that you can unlock if we raise $50 in Rumble Rants today. So make a donation before the end of the show if you want to see it, or else the bear will be gone and Neri will be seen. Again, the opportunity to get the bonus content for each episode is one time and one time only. Thank you to Urz Mommy, who already made a $20 donation earlier in the show. If we get at least $30 more raised in Rumble Rants, by the end of the show, we will release the bear. Coming up next, John Miltimore to talk to us about another big takedown, plagiarism, and how are they taking these people down? What's happening? Why is this happening? Will it continue to happen? Will we see it happening at more big Ivy League universities? We'll talk about that when we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. 
Good morning, rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. Hope you guys are feeling good. Hey, I think Rumble must have given us a nice little feature. Look at those numbers shooting up there, 410, 440. They're just climbing and climbing. Thank you, rumble.com. We appreciate you. It means we get to make a lot of new friends here. Glad to have you here. I'm Austin Peterson, the host of the Wake Up America Show. We stream this show live every Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. So put us on your calendar. Click like on the show and subscribe to the channel so that you can come back and join us here five days a week. We always have a lot of fun, and we'd like to have you come back and join us and be a regular guest. You can send us a text. Let us know what's on your mind at 573-319-1586. Again, that text line you can see down at the bottom of the screen right now, 573 573- 319-1586 is the text line. We always have a lot of fun over here. And if you drop a comment over there, I think you'll make a few friends. And one of my friends is going to be joining us here in just a moment to talk about this next story. Harvard's diversity chief hit with 40 plagiarism accusations in the wake of the Claudine Gay scandal. 40? Oh, couldn't have happened to a nicer gal. Yeah, that's right. Harvard University's chief diversity and inclusion officer has been hit with plagiarism allegations tied to her academic work, including one claim she failed to properly cite her own husband's study. <laughs> Why is this happening? How is this happening? What are the implications? Let's hear from an expert on these things. He's the editor-at-large of the Foundation for Economic Education, and John Miltimore usually joins us on Mondays, but I was out joining us now. What's up, John? How you doing, brother? Hey, doing great. How's it going today, AP? Pretty good. Numbers are shooting sky high. I think everybody's excited to hear from you, John. Glad to have you. Yeah, no, I mean, I was spent the morning just check, checking out these accusations. Um, you can you can drop the word accusations. Um, the, the, this is plagiarism. It, it's academic fraud. Um, I think you know one thing Harvard needs to do is is start or is stop beating around the bush with this and and just concede that okay th- this is plagiarism and go back to Claudine Gay as, as well as uh, Sherry Ann Charleston the the chief DEI officer who is who is accused here. Um, there, there's really no debate that this is plagiarism. Um, you can, <clears throat> in some instances with gay, you can say, okay, this might've been accidental plagiarism, but it was plagiarism. Um, this isn't the case, uh, in, in this one with, with Ms. Charleston, like, like there are some things done here where she co-wrote something with her husband, which was clearly the intent was just to repackage a work, um, you know, based on that material that she was authoring with him as, as a whole new journal article. Um, that is dishonest. Um, and, and so, you know, the, the bigger question is, why is this happening? Um, I don't think you did see, you know, plagiarism like this, you know, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago. I think there's two problems here. One one is academic standards have fallen across the board. Um, you know, universities have, have largely become diploma mills, right? They're like the, they, you, they charge exorbitant amounts of tuition to get in. Um, and they they want people in. They want vast amounts of people in. Um, they're revenue machines, and the academic st- uh, standards just aren't there. And you talk to people in academia, and, and they they acknowledge this, and they also acknowledge some of the other problems. Um, and and I, I think another per- you know unpopular answer to this is DEI itself. Um, when you start to let people in or promote them based on things other than the job they can do. When you start to factor in things like sexuality and race and 
um, and gender and all these things, um, you're, you're going to end up with 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 uh, people in those positions that maybe shouldn't be there sometimes. And and I think that's what we're seeing. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if this is racist or not, but after seeing all those planes uh, with rip their doors ripping off and the, they didn't have the bolts tie, you know, properly installed. Uh, when I saw that my pilot was a middle aged white guy on the plane the other day, I breathed a sigh of relief. And it's because I think that they by having these diversity, equity, inclusion standards, you wouldn't you wouldn't think about it. You wouldn't even blink. You wouldn't even look in to see what the race was of the pilot if these standards didn't exist because you would just assume that they would hire the person based on merit. But when you know they're, they're hiring people to fly you around in, a, in an airplane in the sky that the doors and doors are getting ripped off and the standards are lowering and you see it happening in other industries, right? Where it's like, okay, haha, nobody cares. You had to put, you know, a diversity hire in, you know, your television show, right? They replaced the little mermaid with the black chick. Who cares, right? It doesn't matter. Nobody's going to die, right? But when we're talking about things like the airline industry, that's when things get a little dicey. And then when we're talking about the Ivy Leagues, academia, I mean, we're sort of, we're making kids dumber, aren't we, John? Oh, I think we are. I, I think the university system is a, is a total sham these days. And, and, your, and your point about pilots is a good one. I think back to the old Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where he, he brings up doctors and, and he's got, got a, I think it might have been Richard Lewis, one of his buddies, and, and he's like, oh, your doctor's black. And he's like, well, yeah. He's like, even with the whole affirmative action thing? And he makes this joke, if I recall the episode right, in front of, in, in front of a black man who did not receive it well. And and again, that's not an attack on on that particular black man. It's an attack on a system where we're, we're going to start saying, well, we're we're going to shove you through, or we're going to admit you, even if you're not qualified, um, because of whether it's race or gender or sexuality or any of those things. I think people at their core understand it's madness, but they're afraid to talk about it. They're afraid to speak up about it. They're afraid they're going to be looked at as a racist or a sexist or things like that. Um, but as a society, we are seeing the consequences, and, 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 start, and Harvard is reaping the consequences for this right now. And just a quick point, you know, uh, I, I haven't written about this yet. I, I have a story, and it's actually from a, a faculty member at Harvard who had to dismiss a student for plagiarism um, last term. And this person is in is very distraught. That how can I how can I do that when they let Claudine Gay they give her her job right? Like she might not be president. But she got her old job back. She's doing fine. His student was expelled for far less. And he said, how in good faith can I ever again uh, tell a student, you know, report a student for, for plagiarism? So the, this person's theory is that like plagiarism is just going gonna to become rampant because even faculty members aren't going to want to ruin lives by reporting it. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, and many, many hundreds of you are right now, good morning. I'm Austin Peterson. Love to see a huge audience joining us here. It's definitely an honor to have you tuning in. And I'm so grateful to Rumble.com for featuring us on the front page so that we could be introduced to you. I'm the host of the show, and I'm joined now by my guest, John Miltimore. He's the editor-at-large of the Foundation for Economic Education. We're talking about this story, as you can see, that I've pulled up on the screen about Harvard's diversity chief, who's been hit with 40 plagiarism accusations in the wake of this Claudine Gay scandal. Here she is. Um, now, what to my understanding, John, what's happening in a lot of these plagiarism cases is that 
the rise of AI, artificial intelligence, has made it a lot easier for people to be able to unearth plagiarism in many of these academic documents. Because I, do, I don't know, do you have a master's degree? I do. Okay, so your thesis is public, is it not? It is. Which means that anybody can go and get a copy of your thesis, download it, and then compare it to other publications that have existed online. I don't know if you're sweating yet right now with me bringing this up, John. But the fact is, is that the technology that exists now that a lot of people are bemoaning, and then, you know, they're terrified about Elon Musk putting a chip in our brain, which maybe is another subject we should get to in a moment. But people are terrified because it's now easier than ever for us to be able to not only plagiarize itself, but to catch plagiarizers. This could shake up academia bigger than anything we've seen in our lifetime, could it not? Yeah, I mean, it has that potential. I think there's, you know, academia is already being shaken up for so many reasons. And people really have lost, lost faith in, in the university system. And for good reason. People are are, are paying, you know, $50,000 a year to get really subpar educations. And that, that is the bigger crime here than plagiarism. I do think, you know, AR, AI could could really do damage to a lot of individuals in academia, right? Like, like we've already seen this with other high-profile academics, even before Claudine Gay. And guess what happened? This this is the terrifying part of this. Like 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 certain faculty at Princeton, they got a pass, and I think a lot of people believe they got a pass because no, nothing to do with with DEI, but they got a pass because of their politics, right? Um, and the fact of the matter is, we treat plagiarism harshly with students. Once you have built up power and credibility, um, you seem to be able to get away with it. Um, but but yeah, I think I think. University system is in shambles. I think people are waking up uh, to you know the, the degrees they have that they don't use very often. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm bashing education. I think education is good. I think everybody listening should be educated. You should read. You should want to know. But the the university system is corrupt to its core. No, it, I think the university system is corrupt to its core. I do think that education can be a good thing, but we have at least you you could admit have oversold the benefits of higher education to a certain extent, wouldn't you agree? Oversold the benefits, right? Yes. For generations, we've told kids, the only thing you can do, you have to have a degree to be successful. Um, and it, it really is a lie. You like you can <clears throat> look at look at the people that are trade schools right now. You can come out making 50, 60 bucks an hour in some of these jobs. You don't need a four year degree. What you do need in what, what, what individuals need in this country needs are people with, with, with skills. Right. We need people that can actually do jobs um, pumping, you know, people into the university system and out of it might serve a certain political agenda. It doesn't serve a lot of people, which is why you have really people demanding their money back. Right. That's what we're seeing here. Everyone, this whole abolish student debt movement, people are demanding their money back because they realize the education they received really sucks and they don't have a job. They're unhappy and they're using that grievance. Um, you know, it, for as a political tool, like we have Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden dangling student forgiveness out there, because who wouldn't want you know forty grand struck from their you know their finances? Who wouldn't want eighty grand you know just abolished and, and shifted over to, to taxpayers? Uh, uh, Joni Rankin says thank you for having great guests like Mr. Miltimore, and she dropped twenty uh, ten dollars in the tip jar. Thank you, Burnt Toast Space Girlfriend gives me the cute little bear and uh she looks like she wants us to unleash the bear just so you know 
John, you know, know what we're talking about here. I've got a new little uh, bonus content that I create for every show, and they can unlock the bonus content by making donations. So thanks, everybody. You will unleash the bear. We just crossed the threshold of $50 raised. Appreciate you guys. So after John Miltimore joins today, you will see the bear. We will unleash him. Uh, and we're speaking to John Miltimore, who is the managing ed- or excuse me, editor at large at the Foundation for Economic Education, a little bit about diversity, equity, inclusion standards, and the Harvard plagiarism scandal, which is spreading out amongst institutions. You know, when some when a butterfly flaps its wings in Peking, we get snow instead of rain here in Missouri, right? Things ripple out, the chaos effect, if you will, John. And when October 7th, the terrorist attack happened in Israel, that has rippled out into the United States' politics and is impacting things like this plagiarism scandal. If Do you think that if there weren't this new, renewed scrutiny caused by that terror attack on October 7th, that this would be happening right now, that there would be this increased interest in the uh, what's happening in places like Harvard with this with this scandal? Or do you think that it's intimately tied to that? Because I see so many former, you know, Ivy League alumni who are out there pulling their money from these major institutions and saying, we're not going to pay for this anymore. We've we've been even though they've been paying for it for decades, now it's being aimed at them. Do you see these things as being intimately connected or tied, or at least loosely? Yeah, I, I think they are connected, maybe not intimately. Um, but you're right about the timing of this. And we, we, we shouldn't forget that, you know, Claudine Gay and, and other faculty at, what was it, Cornell, um, Yale, I think, you know, a couple other Ivy League universities were all, um, th- this began with their comments regarding, you know, protests on campus and uh, things they said about, you know, whether or not, you know, Jewish people should feel safe. And it was really a free speech issue, right? Um, and, and, and the big problem, I'm a little torn on that as an issue because some of the things being done on campuses, I, I can understand if, if you're a Jewish person why you feel threatened. But there are, you know, like if you're, you're opposed to war in Palestine, you do have a right to, to protest and, and, and do, do these things on campuses. Um, and, and universities initially tried to stand on that free speech ground, right? They initially said, no, 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 this is free speech. Even, even when it was really, like some of the examples were really extreme. It was a very clumsy effort to defend free speech. Um, and the problem is these universities didn't have any ground to stand on with free speech. They've been doing nothing but attacking student free speech for, for a decade, two decades. Um, and, and, and it looked it looked foolish. Um, it looked self-serving, it looked cowardly. Um, and, and I think that is what caused this ripple effect. Like people didn't believe their defense of free speech they look stupid. They've been attacking microaggressions for for God's sakes for all these years, and now we're going to say um, we're going to defend you know uh, somebody's asserting that that a Jewish person or Israel shouldn't exist and the Israeli people shouldn't exist. It looked really stupid, and and, and this did have that ripple effect. Um, you have Bill Ackman leading the charge on this, right? And now his own wife is getting. There is a politics infused with this that I think we need to discuss. Plagiarism is wrong. Plagiarism is bad. If you plagiarize, you should, you know, pay the cost for that. You should, you know, know about it. It's, it's, and it's nice. It is actually nice we have AI tools that can help us find that. That said, we are kind of weaponizing it for political purposes. And the, and the people that are accused of plagiarism aren't exactly wrong when they're saying this is a political attack. It is. It's, so, they're, they're using, so, so what? So what? I'm just saying they have a point. I, and I'm not saying that the, the attacks are out of bounds. I'm just saying there is something politically motivated about, about this. And I guess my point in that is that's not healthy for society. 
when we start digging up old documents and old thesis papers and doing it to attack one another, I'm not saying it's not fair game. Uh, not, it's not. It, it's it's not good. It is the mark of a fascist society. With everything yeah. we do is with is political. Our football games, our dissertations. When we everything is political, that's not healthy for us. And I think we need to realize. No. Yes. But here's the thing. I'm not laying down my arms until they lay down their arms. The problem with this is that we have been we as libertarians and conservatives, MAGA people, right wing people, populists, what have you. We've been on the defensive for far too long, John. We have been playing nice. We have been we have allowed our better, our kinder nature to ru to rule the day. And now we have rued the day. And it's it, in my opinion, pe people only learn their lessons. Bullies only learn their lessons, John, when they get a taste of their own medicine. So for me, all's fair in love and AI destroying people's careers who are who hate us and want us dead. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I don't think it's out of bounds. I just want people to be aware um, there is a, a, a political axe here. People didn't stumble on this. They are going to be, they're, they're going to target um, people in the university system, um, especially people that that are, are probably in those positions that may have benefited from, from the DEI movement and, and so forth. Um, I, again, I'm not saying that that, that shouldn't be done. I, I do just, I, I am saddened that the university system itself has become this and that we're, we're kind of resorting to this. Like I, I look back at like there, there was times when academia wasn't this politicized, right? And that the university system wasn't this politicized. And I think the lesson from that is we really need to get government out of the university system altogether. You, oh, this is the corrupting factor of the university systems. We had the best university system in the world for for decades and decades, and it's been corrupted by the influence of power and government and the money. Completely agree. John Miltimore, editor-at-large of the Foundation for Economic Education. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we let you go? No, just check out my content, uh, all of our content on fee.org, and you can find me on Substack at The Take. Uh, you know, if, you, if you search John Miltimore, you'll find me there. Oh, John Miltimore, thanks for your time, John, and we'll look forward to seeing you next Monday. Great being with you, AP. There you go. What do you guys think of John Miltimore? Good stuff, right? That was a great conversation. Don't forget, we got Judge Knapp coming up. I see you guys are getting a little bit of slowdown on the internet, so I'm going to fix that. But before I do, I'll go to a brief break. And when we get back, I will unleash the bear. Be right back. Force behaviors. And at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Mao ordered his citizens to throw off the four olds. Old thinking, old culture, old customs, and old habits. So um, your whole life went in the garbage overnight. No biggie. And those who resisted were attacked by an army of purifiers called the Red Guard who went around the country putting dunce caps on people. Yeah, who didn't take to being a new kind of mortal being. If you don't force behaviors, whether it's gender or race or just any way you want to say the composition of your team, you're going to be impacted. Well, things haven't been so sweet for Ben and Jerry's after the company posted an anti-American tweet, a few of them, on the 4th of July. The ice cream makers declared the United States was founded on stolen indigenous land. Well, someone should tell Target that because they're now selling swimsuits with tuckums in the women's section of the store. And they even have a line just for kids. Yeah, we're going to reach out to Ben and Jerry's and ask them how they can live with themselves as they operate a multi-billion dollar company on stolen land while declaring other people give up their so-called stolen land. This is the child section. This is literally the kids section. I'm next to a literal onesie 
that says whatever the hell that means. We have glad you came out and I'm so happy that you're queer in the kids section. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry, but pride and toddler don't belong in the same sentence. Good news. Starbucks will offer its workers reimbursement of travel expenses related to accessing abortion and gender affirming procedures. Kyle Rittenhouse was seen wearing a black rifle coffee company shirt and they wanted to distance themselves from that individual. The employees at the company also were donating to Democrats. Hafer doubled down on throwing many in his base under the bus, describing them as racist and a repugnant group of people. of time, a year might seem like a mere moment, but oh, what a year it's been. In September 2022, Austin and Stephanie Peterson embarked on a journey, a journey to wake up America. They began humbly, with just 20 souls tuning in, learning, listening, and though challenges arose, like the looming shadow of YouTube demonetization, their spirit never waned. And now, thanks to you, thousands rise with the sun to join them, to listen, to engage, to be a part of a community. So here's to you and to wake up America. For memories shared, for friends made, for the journey ahead, and for never, ever forgetting to rise and freedom. Happy anniversary. I'm Donald Trump and I approve this message. Believe me, Austin Peterson is the best. He's got the greatest Wake Up America show I've ever seen. Whenever I tune in in the mornings and watch the live stream, let me tell you, he has got the absolute best content. I love his guests. It's just a total blast to watch. And I highly. And we're back. Sorry about that, guys. Sometimes we have a little bit of Internet trouble. Boy, you hate to do it when you've got so many people watching, too. Quite embarrassing. We do have backup plans, though, and those backup plans sometimes even work. Thank you very much, Internet gods. Talk about sweating, guys. Just, you know, the Wake Up America shows, not only does it stream live five days a week, two hours of awesome content, usually two or three guests a day, sometimes debates, bonus content, awesome commercials, lots of fun graphics and things, but I produce the whole damn thing myself live. Come on, give it up for AP. Save the day. Give me a favor, help us to buy new internet. Click like and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate y'all very much for being supporters and sticking around. Looks like we still got a good, nice, high number of people here. Thank you for that. Your patience is very gratefully appreciated. Here we go. Now, I made a little promise. We got Judge Napolitano coming up in less than 10 minutes. It is Wednesday, which means big brain time coming up here in less than 10. But also, since you guys unleashed the beasts you made your donation uh i am now going to release the bear enjoy it guys you earned it you paid for it thank you very much here's your bear teddy bear story of president theodore roosevelt's famous bear hunt in the mississippi delta in 1902, President Theodore Roosevelt joined a black bear hunt in the Mississippi Delta, hosted by Mr. Mangrum at Smead's Plantation. Holt Collier, an expert bear hunter, guided Roosevelt. 
They waited for a bear, following Collier's advice, but it didn't appear as expected. Later, Collier cornered a bear, saving his dog, Jocko. He stunned the bear, hoping Roosevelt would finish it off. Roosevelt refused to shoot the injured bear, deeming it unsportsmanlike, which caught the press's attention nationwide. The story inspired Morris Mitchum to create Teddy's Bears, with Roosevelt's blessing, making stuffed bears famous. Teddy bears, named after this event, became iconic children's toys and the state toy of Mississippi, celebrated at the Great Delta Bear Affair. This story marks the origin of the teddy bear, a symbol of kindness and sportsmanship stemming from a 1902 bear hunt. What you guys think? Did you like the bear? Yes. Wake Up America show now has bonus content to share with you all. Today was the bear. You like the video about Teddy Roosevelt's famous bear hunt? I know you'll do. I know you'll do. Your mode bear says, I don't like all this bear hunting talk. Good thing I believe in the right to arm bears. Yes. Good to see you, Kermode. I knew that today would be the bonus content that you would really enjoy. It's our new game that we play on the Wake Up America show. If you donate enough on each show, then you will unlock bonus content. If you don't unlock the bonus content, it goes away, and you gotta say goodbye. You don't get to see it. You know, it's sad, but so far, you've unlocked two out of two videos. Yesterday's was the American Eagle story. Today's was the teddy bear story. Tomorrow will be a brand new story. Today's was in the style of 8-bit video games like Oregon Trail. Did you like the pixel art? I thought that was kind of fun. We've got a lot to talk about today, but I want to make sure that your voice is heard too. You can text the show at 573-319-1586. Again, the text line is open. 573-319-1586. And I know some of you already know it because I got a text from somebody who says rumble's not working it was not rumble's fault don't blame them blame me it was the internet we fixed it though here we are rocking and rolling ready to talk to the judge here in about six minutes about our next topic here which is that the social media censorship which was engaged in heavily by both administrations and by many members of congress uh in the run-up to the 2020 election and subsequently uh, it has gone to the Supreme Court. Missouri versus Biden will be heard by the conservative-leaning court to determine whether or not what the government did was unconstitutional or illegal. We'll hear from Judge Napolitano and his legal opinions about that, and I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Do me a favor, click like and subscribe to the channel here. We'd love to make sure that we get capture your information. You can come back and join us and make friends. 1,400 people is a lot for us, so thank you very much for joining us live. Very briefly, just so you know, the Wake Up America show does have an awesome merchandise shop, which I highly recommend that you check it out. I'm going to have to go to a commercial break in order to get Judge Napolitano on the show. It'll only last a couple of minutes. But while we're on commercial break, why don't you check out our delicious coffee? I know that you guys probably listen to a lot of conservative influencers, and pretty much every conservative has hawking some kind of coffee one way or another. But I do believe that mine is truly special and among the best, and I can prove it, and I have a money-back guarantee. If you try it and you hate it, I will buy it back from you after you try your first cup if it's not your thing. Thomas's Painkiller is my favorite over there. We made these boxes, my wife and I, special. Colombian Single Origin Roast, absolutely delicious. 
You can get that at apforlibertyshop.com. I have in my hand a box of Adams's Patriotic Perk and kind of hidden over here, we can see our most popular Washington's Revolutionary Roast. There's a little something in there for everyone. So check that out at apforlibertyshop.com. And my smoking hot redheaded libertarian wife, Stephanie, give it up for Steffi. She is in the Rumble chat right now, Steffi P for Liberty, and she's running a discount special on some of our items, one of our collections at the shop, 20% off all of our retro neon firearms collection, which is a really fun collection I like to wear on the show, of all these neon firearms, like on shirts and on mugs and on um, on like, uh, uh, what do you call them? Tablets and things like that, as well as check it out on my, my cell phone right now. You can actually get the same cell phone case I'm using at apforlibertyshop.com for 20% off. And I think, I don't know what the code is that Stephanie has, but she'll give it to you over in the chat. So head over to the rumble chat. You can see my retro neon firearms phone case. Really awesome. Uh, and you can get those exclusively at apforlibertyshop.com. Somebody bought a Javier Malay um uh canvas today i made a beautiful canvas of javier malay like he's solid snake from the video game metal gear uh, i bought one for myself and i'm hanging it on my wall today and somebody just bought one today they bought like the big canvas so if you're interested in javier malay do you like javier malay like we do give it up for javier you can get awesome javier malay merch exclusive at apforlibertyshop.com all right i'm gonna go get judge napolitano don't go away I'll be right back. Two shakes of a lamb's tail. When we get back, we're going to talk about this Supreme Court case that affects our fundamental rights to free speech online right here. Click like and subscribe. We'll be right back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning, rise and freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. We're glad to have you here. All 1,500 of you. Wow. We appreciate having such a nice big audience today. I think I know why you guys are all sticking around. On Wednesdays, we call it Big Brain Time. And last week, we had a brain drain because I was out of town in San Francisco. And I know you guys were sending me text messages. Where are you at? Where's the show? Wednesday is like the day not to miss because Big Brain Time means we get to talk about the issues that really matter. My good friend, Judge Andrew Napolitano, is taking a look out amongst the crowd right now and he sees a bright shining new hope for liberty. Yes, the Wake Up America show for sure, but his own show, Judging Freedom, has become a runaway hit. It's doing gangbusters numbers online and we're just grateful to have a little bit of his time. Judge Napolitano joining us live right now. Good morning, Judge. Good morning, Austin. Thank you for the kind and generous introduction, as always. It's fascinating, Judge, to see, and we'll get to the topic here in just a moment, how much has changed you know, in the 12 to 15 years since we worked together at Fox News. The stranglehold that the mainstream media had on people like, your, uh, people like you and me to be able to get our message across has really been broken almost entirely in the modern age when everybody tunes into shows like these or shows like yours. I mean, I know you were a little tentative when you first started with your with your social media outreach and now your new show, but it's it's fascinating to see how much power we can have to get our message out that is dwarfing what the mainstream media can do now as opposed to 10 years ago, isn't it? 
Well, the short answer is yes. The longer answer is there's an appetite for unvarnished opinion, uh, and there's an appetite for challenges to the government's message. I mean, uh, everything the government owns that is stolen and everything the government says is a lie. Well, the first part is absolutely true. The second part is, for the most part, true. And people uh, in, in their maturity, and that can include a lot of young people, uh, have become so skeptical uh, of government that they want to see it challenged and they want to hear another version of it. It is well understood that mainstream media, I don't even have to tick off all their names. We all know who they are, the five or six uh, networks and the five or six uh, national daily newspaper publications, whether you get ink on your fingers or whether you read it uh, on a flat screen. Mouth the CIA version of what's going on in Ukraine and what's going on uh, in Gaza. Uh, you and I and uh, a small number like us uh, articulate a different version. We do so with clarity. We do so without fear. And we do so with guests who know what they're talking about. And the public is eating it up. I don't know if this would have worked. I don't want to make this answer too long. I don't know if this would have worked uh, 12 years ago when we worked together. That's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is we were pioneers. I mean, that a show that we did was canceled in large measure because it ruffled too many feathers. It was the second highest show on Fox Business at the time. But it ruffled too many feathers uh, of the folks that own and ran the company. And we really did pioneer social media in many ways, Judge. Your social media outreach was the envy of the entire News Corp building. I remember specifically our friend Eric Bowling walking into the green room one day and saying, who is Austin Peterson? Who runs Judge Napolitano's networks? Who is this guy? And somebody is like, it's the Freedom Ninja. It's Austin Peterson, right? And on that day, <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick Gillespie approached me and says, so they're calling you the Freedom Ninja. I'm like, what are you talking about? But now, Judge, now with the power of social media and the ability for you to get your voice heard, more people are tuning in than ever. How many people did you say? Um, did you say a million views of your content last week? 1.7. 1.7 million people tuning into the ideas of liberty. Judge, if you keep that up, we may experience an Argentinian-style revolution here in the United States as more people wake up to our ideals and Certainly, we can only hope. I always try and look on the bright side of life and to find a silver lining in these dark times. And I think that certainly your show provides one of them. I'm glad to see that you're being very successful, sir. But, Thank you. But since those early days, Judge, uh, of being in social media, you've always known me as something of a rabble rouser. I think you know, I have a clip of you calling me that at a speech one time you gave to a Mises delegation. Uh, and because of that attitude and reputation online, people in Silicon Valley, California, don't care for me very much, Judge. I've been suppressed. I've been censored. I've been shut down. I've been kicked out. Uh, even my wife was named by the senator from Maine, Angus King, uh, in this uh, the, the list of drops that came from Matt Taibbi uh, via Elon Musk when he took over Twitter. My wife was named as an outside troll, an agitator by Maine Senator Angus King, who requested that my wife be banned from the platform 
simply for supporting our mutual friend Eric Brakey, who was running against him as a Republican in the state of Maine. That is official attempted government suppression. That is, in my mind, a violation of the First Amendment of the Constitution and this, this Supreme Court case that's headed to the court on the 18th of March. It should deal with that. Are we likely to see a positive outcome from this case? What are the stakes here, Judge? Well, the stakes are huge. I mean, the, the Missouri case, and, and there, uh, uh, there are other uh, state attorneys general, I think it's uh, Missouri and Louisiana, basically uh, argues that the Biden administration and the Trump administration used carrots and sticks uh, to affect uh, free speech on, on big tech. Do this and we won't censor this person and we'll be good to you. Don't censor this person and we'll be uh, your worst enemy. Uh, this is, of course, the government attempting to do indirectly what it can't do directly, infringing upon the freedom of speech by using a, a third party intermediary and attempting to hide uh, its involvement. There's no question but that this occurred. Even the DOJ acknowledges that this occurred. Uh, but the DOJ uh, argues uh, fancifully uh, that big tech uh, was free to tell the government uh, to go take a hike. Well, the consequence, who knows what the consequences would have been. But the government has no business even putting the gentlest touch on someone's conscience or thoughts or free speech. That's not me. That's James Madison. The gentlest touch on the conscience. Because when the government threatens to interfere with speech, that's called chilling. And chilling is when people pause and have second thoughts about saying what they truly believe for fear of the government consequences. That is as much an interference with the freedom of speech as enacting a statute, uh, making a criminal for you to, uh, to conduct your uh, show this morning. Uh, and that is clear Supreme Court interpretation of the First Amendment. There's very little doubt in my mind which way uh, this, this is going to go. This might even be uh, a unanimous opinion. The Roberts Court, for all of its faults, has been steadfast in its defense of the freedom of speech. Judge, there was a uh, Fifth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals prohibition that was placed on the White House for uh, in terms of having contact with social media companies. So they found that the Biden administration overstepped the First Amendment by urging the social media platforms to remove misleading or false content. There's been a temporary stay on this order until this case is decided. Is it possible that the Supreme Court could decide that the White House is not to have contact with social media companies? Usually they kind of try and split the baby in things like this, don't they? Right, right. They can't split the baby with respect to uh, First Amendment. Uh, they should simply uphold what the, uh, what the Fifth Circuit uh, did. That's the intermediate federal appeals court between the trial court and the, uh, and the Supreme Court. What the Fifth Circuit did was profoundly courageous and utterly uh, protective uh, of free speech. I guess the Supreme Court just didn't want that hanging over its head while it was resolving the case. When the Supreme Court lifted that uh, injunction uh, to the White House that they couldn't, uh, they couldn't talk to social media anymore, um, it wasn't on the merits. It was just procedural, meaning 
the Supreme Court will decide whether or not there's going to be such an injunction. And I think you're going to get it at the end of this case. And we'll know, we'll have a pretty good idea which way they're going to go from oral argument. Sometimes courts don't tip their hand during oral argument. This court does more than any modern Supreme Court with which I'm familiar. If you're just tuning in to the Wake Up America show, good morning. I'm Austin Peterson. We're thankful for you all joining us here today. Thousands of people tuning into the Wake Up America show live, and we're glad and grateful to have you. We know that Rumble.com, we owe a big portion of that success to, so thank you to Rumble. Help us out. Click that like button and subscribe to the channel. We'd love to have you come back here and join us so you can hear news and opinions like the ones you're hearing right now. Judge Andrew Napolitano, the host of the Judging Freedom podcast, which you can download on any of your mobile devices as well. He joins us every Wednesday here at 8 a.m. Central Time. So set a calendar appointment and come back and hear these kinds of interesting and inspiring conversations. Judge, um, the Supreme Court, Roberts, Coney Barrett, sided with Biden in this Texas border fight. I know I didn't prepare you for this, but I imagine you must have paid attention to this recent case. Biden argues that he needs more congressional power in order to secure the border. Is he correct about this? What is what's at stake here? Well, Biden argues that he needs the ability to reject asylum seekers. He, he is correct. Right now, he cannot reject asylum seekers. So if you are a bona fide asylum seeker defined as a person suffering from um, uh, governmental repression due to membership in a group, uh, gender, gender uh, orientation, age, religion, whatever, uh, and you're being repressed by another uh, government, uh, the U.S. government has to admit you. So Joe Biden, hard for me to say, even a stop clock is right twice a day. <laughs> Joe Biden is correct on this, um, that he needs uh, authority from the Congress to reject asylum seekers. He doesn't need authority from the Congress to reject the people that are just pouring over and aren't even going through uh, the system. Republicans who hate Biden are conflating the two. The legislation on which the Senate is working that Donald Trump's trying to sabotage because he's worried it'll take a uh, campaign issue away from him. I guess in his own mind, his campaign is more important to him than national security in Texas, um, uh, is trying to uh, prevent uh, the Senate from coming to an agreement on this. I mean, the Senate, of course, is only half the picture. The Republicans in, in the House are the ones who are conflating asylum seekers uh, with uh, undocumented uh, persons. Um, so I don't know where it's going to go. I would imagine Biden will pull out all the stops uh, to get some piece of legislation that allows him to appear very tough at the border so as to take this campaign issue away from Trump. Although I still believe that Biden's not going to be uh, the Democratic uh, nominee. His really? uh, mental status is just so bad uh, that the Democrats would be crazy uh, to put their hopes for the next four years in his hands. Uh, that is that's an interesting conversation. We could go down that road in just a moment, Judge. But as a fan of the Tenth Amendment, what do you think about Texas's attempts to seal up their own border and provide for their own security and prevent the federal government from stopping them from doing so? The short answer is they have every right to do so. State of Texas. The longer answer is 
the Constitution reposes authority for naturalization, who becomes a citizen, in the feds. It leaves authority for immigration, who gets into the country, with the states. This was a check on federal power intentionally crafted by Madison. In 1886, the Supreme Court said, well, all countries can control their borders, so federal government can control our borders without even referring to Madison, to the, to the Constitution, to the plain words of the Constitution, to the checks and balances that underlie the Constitution. So I would argue that all federal immigration legislation is unconstitutional because the Constitution doesn't authorize the feds to do it, does authorize the states to do it. So what will the courts do? The courts will follow what the law is even when it's wrong. Uh, the courts will follow uh, federal law, which almost always comes down on the side of the feds when it comes to immigration. It shouldn't because the Constitution doesn't, uh, but the feds uh, will do so. A, it gives them uh, more uh, power, uh, and B, there is a long, uh, now 150-year history uh, of federal supremacy in matters of, uh, matters of immigration. The statute involved, it's unbelievable how they named statutes in the old days, is called the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1886, which was promoted by senators and congressmen, or no women at the time, from where you just were, California and particularly San Francisco, because Chinese immigrants were putting American operators of hand laundries out of business since the Chinese did a better job and charged less money. Ah, so instead of using the free market, we use the power of the government and get these people the hell out of here. That's the origin of all this stuff. And they prevailed and the rest is a sordid, sorry history. I believe that some of my relatives were boat jumpers, meaning they literally jumped from the boat to the dock uh, at Port Newark and at, uh, in New York Harbor and just disappeared into the crowds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad they did, Judge, because without them, you wouldn't be here right now. Um, uh, judge, I have a funny little anecdote. You know, I did go to Chinatown while I was there in San Francisco, and I go there for the Chinese food. I like, you know, I have very exotic tastes when it comes to spicy foods. Uh, and the an interesting little twist of fate in that Chinese Exclusion Act, it did it offer um, an out for those people who actually were business owners. If you could prove that you owned a legitimate business in the United States, then you would not be deported as a Chinese immigrant, which is why we have so many Chinese restaurants here in the United States in large part, because many of them started those businesses in order to remain in the United States. Um, but and uh, the food was delicious. I don't know if you're a fan yourself, your judge, but um, oh, I am. I am. I am a fan for hot and spicy Chinese food. Yeah, we uh, have a Chinatown here in New York as well, mm. which which keeps growing in size. When I was a kid, what is now Little Italy, two thirds of it is Chinatown. Mm -hmm. Yes, it has been fascinating to watch it grow. And uh, I look forward to visiting up there again, Judge, and hopefully having a Chinese meal with you. Or maybe we should stick to Italian. Um, judge, we'll do both. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, judge, uh, I'd like to ask you a, a bit of a theoretical question, you know, uh, about politics, because I'm always fascinated with your point of view on things like this. Judge, DePaul uh, excuse me, um, uh, Donald Trump, 
has, I think, a strong chance to be the next president. He may pull a Grover Cleveland and become the second president to be reelected uh, in non-consecutive terms. If that happens, one, do you think he'll seek your advice in similar ways as he did last time he was elected? And two, if you were to offer him any bit of advice, if you had maybe 20, 30 minutes to bend his ear, what advice would you give him? Well, I don't know if he would uh, seek my advice the way he did the uh, last time. I, and I, I think he sought my advice for two reasons. One, he knew me for so long. And two, uh, he knew that I was on Fox three, four, five times a day. And that was his, uh, that was his audience. Uh, I actually speak to more people now than when I was on Fox. It's an entirely uh, different audience. But if he asked me what I would like him to do, the first thing he should do immediately is to rescind something called EO 12333. That's Executive Order 12333, signed by, forgive me, signed by a rather naive Ronald Reagan, who didn't realize that it was uh, going to be used to unleash the intelligence community to spy on Americans. The second thing he should do uh, is to fire everybody in the NSA, uh, which is the domestic spying entity. The third thing he should do, there are two CIAs. There's the spying apparatus of the CIA, and there's the operations apparatus of the CIA. There's nothing wrong with spying on uh, foreigners, but it is wrong to have this private army that uh, conducts uh, coups d'etat. He should uh, disband that as well. He can do all three of those uh, things on his own uh, in a matter of minutes. Uh, he would. I, I would also... Uh, disband those parts of the FBI which are engaged in predicting crime. I mean, I would like to see the whole FBI uh, disbanded. He can't do that without a statute. Uh, but he could certainly uh, stop the uh, aspects of the FBI engaged in predicting crime and all the FBI domestic spying. Tell them if they want to spy, go, go get a search warrant. So those are things that I would encourage him to do immediately. I would also tell him to release the JFK fi uh, assassination files. Uh, because he promised uh, to do that no matter who it embarrasses. Judge, uh, in regards to abolishing the FBI, we would still have all of these federal laws on the books for which, you know, some police agency would be tasked with enforcing these laws. The laws themselves would still be on the books, even without an FBI. Who would enforce those laws? Well, the laws shouldn't be enforced. Uh, there are 5,500 federal criminal laws. The Constitution only authorizes two. <laughs> a treason and debasing the money supply. Again, Madison's genius was the laws would be written by and enforced by the states. That would be a check uh, on uh, the federal government. Uh, if, if the federal government wanted somebody prosecuted, they would have to go to the state in which they said the crime occurred and ask the state uh, to conduct the prosecution. And it would have to be uh, a state, a state crime. Uh, if Trump asked me to, I would go through all 5,500 federal criminal statutes and tell him which ones uh, should be eradicated. It'd be very easy, all but two. <laughs> <laughs> We're speaking I, of don't see, I don't see that happening, uh, but you're, you're giving me now sort of this fanciful dream life. What, what could you do if, uh, if you had the opportunity? Well, last time you spoke to Donald Trump about uh, the Supreme Court, uh, while you were uh, briefly in contention for one of those seats, you made the suggestion that Neil Gorsuch 
should sit on the Supreme Court and what a blessing that has been. I think we all can say thank you very much to Judge Napolitano for that. But Judge, is there anyone else that you might recommend for the Supreme Court? I, I don't know many uh, jurists out there who I could say will come close to what Neil Gorsuch believes. If let's say Donald Trump wins again and he asks you for 20 minutes of your time and asks you to make any recommendations, are there any judges out there that uh, have the capability to get through a Supreme Court hearing in the Senate and be confirmed that actually are similar to what you and I and Neil Gorsuch believe? I'm, I'm sure there are, and it wouldn't be right for me to mention any names uh, at this point. Uh, but if he asked me my opinion, I would certainly uh, share it with him. Uh, the beauty of uh, Justice Gorsuch is he believes in natural rights. He believes in a higher law. Uh, he believes that there are things that governments just can't do, no matter what power and powers they try to give themselves. That is contrary uh, to much of American jurisprudence, natural law and, uh, and natural rights. Even a lot of conservative Republicans uh, don't believe uh, in that. Justice Gorsuch has uh, conservative attitudes, uh, but he is at heart a libertarian, uh, a, textual, a textualist, meaning the Constitution means what it says, uh, and uh, a believer uh, in natural rights. Uh, the only other person who comes close to that is Justice Thomas. He doesn't always manifest it, but he believes uh, in natural rights. Uh, I thought the same would be the case of Justices Barrett and Kavanaugh, but I've been sadly disappointed. Judge, your weekly column at judgenap.com is required reading for anyone who wants to stay tuned in to what's happening in the world of liberty. Your column coming out this Thursday is titled, The Feds Are Buying Our Emails. What's this about? This is about, um, e even though the feds attempt to capture every keystroke, on every mobile device and every desktop in the country, they still miss some things. Uh, and even though they can go to FISA, uh, the FISA court, and get uh, a search warrant under specious circumstances, they still miss some things. So they actually have been offering big tech piles of cash for huge uh, amounts of uh, emails. Now, they do this without naming a person. So this is without articulable suspicion. This is without probable cause. And of course, it's without a warrant. It's an end run uh, around the Fourth Amendment. This is comparable to what the feds were doing uh, in the Missouri case, where they were using the carrot and the stick to get a third party to affect somebody else's free speech. Here they're using uh, a third party, big tech, to violate uh, somebody's, uh, somebody's privacy. Uh, it's absolutely prohibited by uh, the Fourth Amendment. And the history uh, of the Fourth Amendment really uh, goes back to a British uh, intelligence agent serving general warrants, which basically said, uh, search where you want and seize what you find. And what were they looking for? Revolutionary material in order to do what? To predict who was going to engage in an insurrection against the king. Uh, Madison was part of the generation that was victimized by this. He made sure that the Fourth Amendment would be written so that this wouldn't happen again. The idea of circumventing search warrants in order to predict who's going to commit crime. That's exactly where we are today. The NSA spends a fortune buying emails, and what does it do to them? Gives them to the FBI, runs it through their algorithms to predict who's going to commit crime. And what does the FBI do? 
knock on the door of some lowly disaffected person, talk him into committing a crime. It's not a real crime because nobody is harmed arresting the person and claim we just saved the New York City subway system from being destroyed because we caught this creep that we've been working with for two years to twist his mind against society. (laughs) Back to what you said about Trump. This nonsense uh, has to stop. Uh, This is a species uh, and this is the culture that tormented him for the four years that he was in the White House. Uh, we have so few heroes of liberty that we can look to for guidance in these dark times, and you are certainly one of the best. And your show, Judging Freedom, is one of the best places to go to get topped up on what's happening in the world of liberty. Judge, give us a little sneak preview of who, who you've got coming up on your excellent show. I have already had my two heaviest hitters uh, for this week, uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor and Scott Ritter. My other two heavy hitters Professor Jeffrey Sachs and Professor John Mearsheimer are coming up on Friday. Today, I have a very interesting young man, uh, a hard lefty who's 110 percent with us uh, on Israel and on um, on Ukraine by the name of Aaron Matei. I'm sure you know him, a Canadian journalist. He and his colleague, Max Blumenthal. Max is a regular on my show. Um seriously expose uh, the flaws of the Netanyahu government uh, in their uh, podcast on their website called The Gray Zone. Uh, And then I have an old-fashioned, retired, 40-year CIA uh, veteran uh, who loves to expose uh, the lies and thefts uh, of uh, of his former colleagues. Why should we not believe the CIA. Well, we all know why we shouldn't believe the CIA because they lie. But uh, Phil Giraldi gets into the nitty gritty when he exposes them for that. So those are my two coming up this afternoon at two o'clock and four o'clock Eastern. There you go. Judge Andrew Napolitano, host of the Judging Freedom podcast. Visit his website, judgenap.com and read his column that comes out there every Thursday. Judge, as usual, thank you very much for your time. And it's been great to have you here today. We missed you last week. We appreciate you being here with us today. Uh, it's a pleasure, my dear friend. All the best, Austin. Until next Wednesday. Very much, very much. Judge Napolitano joins us every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Central Time. Can we give it up for the judge? It's nice to see over 1,100 of you joining us live here on the Wake Up America show. I know for many of you who are watching us today, maybe about 800, 900 of you or so, are probably watching us for the first time and wondering what we're all about. Well, don't be afraid. Don't, you know, we don't bite until we know you better. Click like and subscribe to the channel here that you're watching us on Rumbles and join us every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. The Wake Up America show streams live. Not only do we have great guests like the one we have, we just had, but we've also got great topics and great clips. The Wake Up America show streams live five days a week. It's a great way to start the day from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. You can interact with the show not only by dropping comments there on the Rumble live chat, which goes away, which is kind of sad. So you can also drop a permanent uh, comment, I believe, below at rumble.com as well. We appreciate that if you could do that. But if you want to send me a text message and communicate with me, you can do so at any time. Obviously, we do cut the audio from the show. So we have people who will listen later and they want to comment on what's happening that they're listening to, maybe 2 or 3 or 4 p.m. in the afternoon or 12 p.m. midnight, who knows? You can text us at any time at that number you see on the screen below, 573-319-1586. That's 
573-319-1586. It's nice to see new names and faces over here, like LJ3. Talking about harassment, look what they are doing to the January Sixers. Yes, Kermode Bear says, I bite. Wow. Don't bite me, bro. We're glad to have all of our new friends and old friends joining us here on the Wake Up America show live. Did you guys see that that Democratic representative congresswoman from St. Louis, my state, you know, Missouri, our bad guys, Cori Bush is in trouble. She's being investigated for paying off her lover for security costs. Remember this old chestnut from the lovely Cori Bush? Take I'm a listen. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. You Am I the only one who remembers that old secure, that bit from, uh, what was it, Mad TV? Was it, what was her name? Security? Security. Uh, security, security. Oh, somebody land this. Here we go. Bon Quee Quee. Yes. Or I will cut him. Girl, yes, I will. You remember what happened last time, right? When he had said he didn't hook up with Tracy? Am I the only person who... You guys... Okay, yes, I did, girl. Yes, I... Uh, you see me in the middle of a conversation? Don't interrupt, bro. I'm about to call you back. Welcome to King Burger, where we keep our way, but don't get crazy. All right. I'm with a cookies and... You sure you just don't want a coke? I gotta get the ice cream out, put the cookies all up in it. I don't even know how to use that blender. They're gonna be pressing all these crazy buttons. No, you can have a coke. Then again, I'm a six with a large coke. Next. Hi, um, I'll have a number three. I changed my mind about the The comedy! There it is. This dude needs to go. There it is. Don't get loud with me, sir. Do not get loud with me. Oh, no. The comedy! Security, security. This dude needs to go. <laughs> Why would he need new powers to shut the border down if it's secure? They've been telling me for three years it's secure, so why do you need to shut it down? They don't need any new powers from Congress. Jay Johnson and Barack Obama used Title VIII. It's the Aliens and Nationality Act. They shut down and caught and deported millions of illegal aliens and they didn't need congress to give them any of these <laughs> newfangled special powers that biden's requesting I, I would i think it's borderline treasonous what this guy's done he's subverted the territorial integrity of this country he's put our national security at risk he's facilitating human trafficking with the drug cartels he's surrendering in the war on drugs he lost almost a hundred thousand kids and then he lied about it and said everything's great and now they want our help, the Republicans. This is what this is like. This is like my wife makes a mess of the house. And she said, Jesse, I need you to help me clean it up. I said, why? You made the mess. And her version of cleaning up is just sweeping everything under the rug. <laughs> okay, Jesse. 
So in 2016, when I ran for president of the United States on the Libertarian Party's ticket, I was disallowed from attending the debate at the LP convention in Colorado. I went anyway, showed up, um, you know, stupid, you're not a real libertarian stuff. But when I showed up there, there was one of my detractors who, when I, since I showed up, they were going to go ahead and put me up on the stage. And the guy who came up and was handing me a microphone before I went up on the podium said, Austin, you know what? You're a real piece of I was like, oh, really? Wow. Uh, we call him Mike. That's not his real name. But he said, you know what, Austin? You know, you're a real piece of... And I, I actually... And he put his hand on me and he handed me the mic and he told me what a piece of... I was to my face. Which, when you're so used to hearing people calling you names online, calling you all manner of evil things online, Facebook, Twitter, what have you, I actually had respect for the guy for having the guts to not just talk smack online, but to actually get up into my face, put his, lay his hands on me, uh, and say that he thought that I was a piece of kudos to him. It was, you know, it was this, you're not a real libertarian stuff, right? Disagreements on policy here, or there, right? And, you know, subsequently I left the LP, I joined the Republican party in 2017, yada, 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 we retired the next morning. Well, what does it have to do with immigration? He lives in Denver, Colorado, and he sends me this message yesterday out of the blue that says this, in case I never mentioned it, you were right, and I was incredibly wrong regarding the LP, effing donuts, all of them, he says. And uh, I was like, you know, big of you to admit that, Mike. I said, you know, the danger was kind of evident back then, blah, 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 party stuff. And then he says, I'm just completely dumbfounded how they missed the inherent danger of the whole open borders issue, along with a few other things. He says, sounded great until we have more people coming into Denver than there are residents. And now what? Great idea. And if you haven't seen what's happening on the streets of Denver, Colorado, there are tens of thousands of migrants just living on the streets in Denver, Colorado. Now, I know you're like, oh, well, maybe it's an improvement. And, you know. <laughs> but the truth is, is that it has been a big blind spot for libertarians for a number of years. The immigration issue, right? It's just to look at the economics papers and the white papers and what they say about the issue and not look at the actual human cost of what's happening right now as we experience this surge that has created a real crisis largely because of social services, which is another question, right? You can't have open borders in a welfare state. At least the, the situation that we have right now is currently untenable. Even Democrats are waking up to that. The mayor of New York, Eric Adams, actually got a backlash from the Biden administration because he spoke out against what was happening on the streets of NYC. Because you know what? I got to give it up for Ron DeSantis and Texas Governor Greg Abbott for saying, you know what, we've had enough. We're going to make this, we're going to make other people feel the same pain that we're experiencing right now. And they're just putting them on buses and airplanes and shipping them up to the great white north and saying, hey, listen, you guys get to deal with the consequences of the policies that you're enacting right now. And I say more power to them. And I guess I must fall somewhere in the middle between uh, an open borders anarchist and uh, MAGA, close the borders, no one else can come in status, because I just really believe that we should have border security and we should be able to protect our country and our borders and know who's coming here 
for a safety security disease check. And citizenship should be something that is attainable, but that citizenship in itself should be considered a privilege that people have to apply for. And honestly, you know what? Maybe people who are born here naturally should have to take a citizenship test at 13. What do you say? Honestly. Because I'm tired of living in a country with my fellow Americans who don't know jack sh about politics. I'm tired of, of having to be governed by our inferiors. There, there's a reason why, there's a good reason to run for office. It's because you, nobody wants to be ruled by morons, right? Who Aren't you tired of being ruled by idiots? Come on, give it up. So even Joe Biden admits that it's time to get things under control, but he says that he needs additional authority from Congress in order to detain certain people who are deemed to be asylum seekers. And as Judge Napolitano uh, 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 elucidated earlier, that may be the case. But however, most of the people who are coming to the United States are not asylum seekers, and some people are coming here to do us harm. They are coming here uh, in order to commit acts of terrorism. They're coming here to uh, commit crime. They're coming here to uh, to generate human trafficking, to generate profits for the human trafficking industry. Uh, and those people absolutely must be stopped at the border and they must go back. So my thinking on this has evolved over the years. And as I say on my Twitter profile, I am a person who is not a slave to any orthodoxy. I consider myself to be a libertarian, but I am a heretic on certain libertarian things, such as the non-aggression principle and perhaps even a little on immigration and a little on foreign policy and a lot on things here and there. But I'm basically a heretic from any orthodoxy because I just believe that a heterodox approach that is an all of the above type standard, looking at all things objectively every time is the best way to go. What do you think? AC Martinez II apparently agrees, saying right on, Austin, right on, AC Martinez, fight the power. Appreciate you. Uh, Will Run Riot says, if you can't pass the citizenship test, you shouldn't get to vote. <laughs> I know what the left is saying. How Racist. Racist. Quest Fanning says, uh, unintended consequences or intended, question mark. Why do we need to treat migrants differently? than other hobos or interlopers? It's an interesting question. Let's America's ask the president. American nation that can be defined in a single word. I was gonna put him, uh, excuse me. Possible in this measure here, hold them responsible that they have to hire Americans first. Only if there's no Americans available for the job should we be promoting the idea of bringing in extra workers, in my view. I don't know why we need millions of people to be coming into this country as guest workers who will work for lower wages than American workers and drive wages down even lower than they are right now. People in the country should have the first opportunity to be able to have jobs that pay well and have jobs that are decent and that after that, the second crack goes to what we may need from other parts of the world. Illegal immigration is wrong, plain and simple. Until the American people are convinced that we will stop future flows of illegal immigration, we will make no progress on dealing with the millions of illegal immigrants who are here now.
Oh, that's uh, Tony Martinez over there. Tony didn't know that was your handle. Says he looks forward to doing a deep dive with us on immigration. Well, Tony, if you all remember, Tony was on our show a couple of weeks ago. Big supporter and fan of Javier Malay. He was giving us a little breakdown about the challenges that Javier Malay faces in South America, in Argentina. The new libertarian elected president of Argentina has been catching a lot of attention internationally and, of course, right here on the Wake Up America show. If you're a big fan of Javier Malay, and I know many of you who are watching us for the first time today, you are definitely in the right place, friends. And just we've only got about mm, maybe 15 minutes left on the show. So I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to see if you haven't already uh, my AP for Liberty Shop website over at APforLibertyShop.com. We have the world's largest collection of Javier Malay merchandise. And Tony, if you haven't gotten your Viva La Libertad Carajo necklace yet, it has been shipped, so it should be delivered very soon. Um, my wife designed those herself, but we've got not only jewelry, but our Afuera t-shirt is very popular over the shop. Uh, our Afuera hoodie, excuse me. Javier Malay hoodies available at ap4libertyshop.com. We've also got cool mugs, holographic stickers. Remember, everything is free shipping. Uh, so if you go over there, the price that you see is the price that you get. You can get t-shirts. We've also got phone cases. I mean, I don't think I'm going to sell a single one of these, but I thought it was awesome. So I just made one, but it's a Viva La Libertad Carajo Javier Malay white bomber tribute jacket. Now, I don't know under what circumstances someone might wear something like this, maybe to a Javier Malay rally. Maybe if I were to go to Buenos Aires, I would wear this because it, sa it says Viva La Libertad Carajo on the front. Uh, and then the back is the awesome Afuera. I can imagine somebody wearing something like this, though. I would wear it, though, if I was like that co cool and young. The Afuera bomber jacket, but just a lot of really fun stuff. Somebody bought the uh, Solid Malay Stealth Economist Canvas Gallery art today. Give it up. There you go. I got one yesterday. It's my Metal Gear tribute to Javier Malay. And Tony, you've got your Viva La Libertad Carajo necklace on the way. F Valentine's Day is coming, so get your orders in. If you've got a Lady of Liberty in your life, just like my sweet wife, Steffi P., you can get your Viva La Libertad Carajo necklace exclusively at ap4libertyshop.com. That's AP, the number four, ap4libertyshop.com. Look at all these awesome items. You can't get these anywhere else. It's the Wake Up America show. All right, let's continue. We're talking, not bon qui qui. We need to get away from there and continue to hear Democrats hypocrisy on illegal immigration. The progressives are not happy with the mainstream Democratic Party right now, which leaves us a little bit of an opening here on the right to beat the Democrats this and fall. on rationalizing our system of legal immigration. It's plain and simple and unavoidable. Ladies and gentlemen, no great country can say it is secure without being able to control its borders, period. The bill before us will certainly do some good it will authorize some badly needed funding for better fences and better security along our borders. And that should help stem some of the tide of illegal immigration in this country. Oh, really? I would radically ramp up the number of border security guards we have. The really? The electronic surveillance material we have to guard the border. And the number of what they call really? fences. They're not literally fences. Virtual fences from air staff balloons on. To where we whereby we could control the border. 
much, much better. Really? Places where having a fence and extending the fence makes sense. And I voted for that. So it makes it more difficult for people taking large commodities of drugs to have to come around for us to be able to intercept. I've been arguing for the need to put more protection at our borders, meaning that you have more border guards. This president refusing to add the number of border guards now said he has to send the, send the National Guard down. He, he vetoed. He, he was against adding the number of border guards. I only can suggest the reason he was is because he needed that money for his tax cuts that were unnecessary. I'm not being facetious. I'm being serious. Again, tell, show me what you value. He had put a higher value on tax cuts for the wealthy than he did on protecting the border. And all of a sudden, the public responds, and now he says, now we got to send the National Guard down there that's already overstretched by God knows how much. I voted for a fence. I voted, like, unlike most Democrats, coming more likely, I voted for 700 miles of fence drives across that border. It's fun. Fun. Hear me. Fun. 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 Welcome to the Wake Up America show. I'm Austin Peterson. We're glad to have you here. It's a great way to start your day. Five days a week, the Wake Up America show streams live, and we know you love it. We've got lots of great content. Usually the guests that we have are uh, unique and original to the show. You can't find them anywhere else, some of them, like Tony Martinez and others who will be joining us again soon. The debate series that I teased out will be returning. Um, I wasn't able to schedule one for this week just because it is a monumental challenge to get two people of different minds, pick the topic, then coordinate them for the show. So we will be doing a debate next week, and I'm thinking it'll be on immigration, and I know you'll appreciate that. So if you're liking the content so far, do us a favor and click like and subscribe. I know for the about 1,100 people or so who are watching us live right now, you may be thinking to yourself, I'd love to come back and join us tomorrow and I'll just come back to Rumble and it'll be there. But we may be featured, we may not be featured. So if you don't want to lose us and you want to make sure that you know you can find us again, just go ahead and click that subscribe button right now. And if you're watching us on a television set, for example, on the Rumble app, you'll have to pick up your remote control, press up on your remote control, head over to the part where it says subscribe to the channel and click that subscription button because otherwise I know what happens a lot of time, busy parents getting their kids ready for school. You're listening to the news and what's happening in the world. And you're like, Austin, this is a great show. I love this content. I'll be back tomorrow. But then you forget you get parent brain. I get it. I'm not a parent yet, but I will be in six months for the first time. Yes. Looking forward to that. My first child will be born. Uh, so when you get parent brain, you're like, oh, I'll, I'll remember this tomorrow, but then you don't remember it tomorrow. So if you click subscribe now, you'll remember to come back and join us tomorrow. We have Freedom Family Fridays where my smoking hot redheaded libertarian wife joins us on the show and my brother Justin Peterson does as well. Freedom Family Fridays is a lot of fun. We've got regular guests on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Camelia Peterson joins us Tuesdays and Thursdays. Thursdays, I like to call it Thirsty Thursdays because not only do we have the lovely to look at Camelia, but we've also got the thirst trap Daniela Pensack, which I know you guys are How dare big you? fans of. So make sure that you come back and join us every day of the week, because not only do we have awesome regular guests, but we like to introduce you to new friends as well, like Tony Martinez joining us over in the chat. 
all of our new names and faces that we like to introduce to you, many of them go on to become big stars in their own rights. John Miltimore, of course, is Mondays with Miltimore and regular guests like Judge Napolitano keep our brains cooking and keep the hope for liberty alive. If you're a big believer in the ideas of economic freedom and personal liberty, if you're a fan of people like Javier Malay, you are in the right place. So please do click like and subscribe so that you can come back and join us and be amongst like-minded people. It's a great way to start your day, including alongside a hot cup of Founding Flavors coffee that you can get over at ap4libertyshop.com. That's AP, the number four, ap4libertyshop.com. Super excited about the new bonus content. You guys have been supporting it big time. So I'll continue to create fresh bonus content for you every day, as long as you keep supporting it. You guys yesterday unlocked the American Eagle story. Today you unlocked the story of the teddy bear. I know that you appreciated that, especially Kermode Bear and others. Tomorrow, who knows? It'll be a surprise every day. And the way that the tease works is that if you don't unlock the content, it goes away forever. So hopefully no, you guys, yeah. you. Yes. Hopefully you'll be able to unlock the content every day. But you got to drop a rumble rant or become a monthly subscriber to the Wake Up America show. If you go to wakeupamericashow.com slash support, you can become a monthly subscriber. And if you do, you get a 20% discount at the shop. You get all kinds of fun little prizes, giveaways, things like that that we do over at wakeupamericashow.com slash support. Remember, all the money that I earn, I take and I reinvest either right back into this show or I invested into the fight for liberty. And you can check me before I wreck me. There are plenty of people out there who are depending on you, who are keeping the quest for liberty alive. And the donations and the uh, the purchases that you make at our shop go right back into the fight for liberty, and I can prove it. Feel free to join us tomorrow morning, right back here on the Freedom Watch at 7 a.m. Central Time. The Wake Up America show streams live. Go to ap4libertyshop.com. Get yourself some sweet, delicious coffee, maybe a patriotic metal sign some American flag shoes. And today, somebody bought the Javier Malay canvas. Hang it on your wall. We'll see you guys tomorrow right here on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com.